Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 219 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Jamie. Jamie lives in Hinesburg, Vermont, where she is a pediatric nurse and also a mom of three. Welcome, Jamie. Thanks, Jen. Well, I'm so happy to talk to you today. This is my favorite thing to do. Also very excited the day this episode comes out. If it comes out on the date that I'm planning, it's going to be my, let me do some math, 31st wedding anniversary. Congratulations. That's so weird. 31 years. Oh, wow. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. But this is not about me. This is about you. So, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Well, I have to say it wasn't really a direct journey to intermittent fasting. I'm 44 right now. I was born in 1977 and really have struggled with weight most of my life since probably about the age of 10. But in 2017, I was turning 40 and really kind of wanted it to be my year. Actually, wanted it to be my decade. Yeah. <laughs> my 20s and 30s were spent having babies. So really, for about 10 years, I was either pregnant or breastfeeding, but was able to kind of keep my weight at bay, I would say, throughout those years within reason by watching what I ate and exercise. I can't say it was easy, but I was able to do it. But in 2017, that year I turned 40, my brother was getting married and it was a destination wedding in St. Thomas. And of course I wanted to look my best for that. Oh yeah. (laughs) And the tricks that I always use to kind of shed five or 10 pounds 
just were not working. So at that time, how much weight would you say you needed to lose to get to what would be a healthy weight? Maybe like 20 pounds would have been fine. Yeah. There really is something about turning 40, though, because I can remember I turned 40 in 2009, and that corresponded to the HCG years for okay. me. I can, I can talk remember, about that. Yeah, but I can remember that is burned into my head. Like, I didn't want to have my 40th birthday and be really overweight for whatever reason that felt like an important milestone. So I did the HCG. I got down to a good weight. I have the pictures from my 40th birthday party and then bam, yo yo right back up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there was something about that. So you wanted to lose 20 pounds or so. Yeah. And honestly, like even five would have been great. But at that point, like literally the scale wouldn't budge at all. So the wedding came and went and actually it didn't end up being in St. Thomas because there was a hurricane. Um, Hurricane Irma and Maria like basically ripped the island apart and the wedding ended up being in Hawaii and we had a wonderful time. Didn't lose the weight, but I look back at the pictures then and I was like, you know, I didn't really look that bad. I looked fairly decent. I'm 5'9", and I can kind of carry weight really well. Now, that was a big pivot, going from St. Thomas to Hawaii (laughs) under, like, real, I bet y'all didn't have a lot of notice, am I right? We didn't. We literally, my brother called us up on a Friday, and we were in Hawaii a week later, being like, we have to to change this. But it was absolutely awesome, and we had a wonderful time. Good. Yeah. So the wedding kind of came and went, and in 2018, early in 2018, I had my yearly, like, physical, And, you know, it didn't feel great. I was a tired mom. My kids are, you know, they're busy and keep me really busy, but I was having some issues with like brain fog and continued weight gain. I just couldn't kind of get it under control, inflammation. And my TSH came back elevated, but not really that high. It was in the high threes. And it wasn't really much concern for the doctors at that point. You know, they said it's a normal range. And I just was kind of felt something like, no, it's not normal. Right. We know that that normal doesn't mean ideal. I don't want to be, quote, normal, especially when we look around and see what normal has become. Normal is not healthy these days. We want to be ideal. We want to feel our best. And that is not me judging anybody because I was right there and not feeling my best and very much, you know, part of the normal landscape. But it feels so much better to get your health under control and and be in your ideal range. Yes, So he did agree to check my TPO antibodies, and those came back extremely elevated. They were greater than 1,300. And to kind of give people a frame of reference, normal, there's always different normals if you look, you know, online and stuff, but really less than 10 is kind of normal. Oh, wow. That's a huge difference. Is this related to Hashimoto's? It is. So that that gave me the diagnosis of Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune thyroid disease. So at least I kind of had an answer of why I wasn't feeling my best. And maybe there was something I could do about it. Well, thank goodness you pushed. You know, that's my big message is like the doctors, like they try their best, they're busy, but you have to do a lot of your own exploring to find out what is causing you to feel bad. And you know, find those answers and dig on your own, because that's what I I had to do. I read something about that recently written by a doctor. And I think as for some reason, we've read disparaging comments like don't be a Google doctor, don't do that. But I read something written by a doctor that said he actually appreciates patients who come in armed with knowledge and research. Yeah. And so that made me feel better, because I'm not going to be a passive patient ever going in and just taking well, it's normal, it's fine, you're good. I'm like, you know how you feel. You know, it's not exactly. good. I want a doctor who is like, well, let's explore that a little bit more. Yeah. And my doctor was good about that. You know, he did. And he listened to me. That's important. Yeah. So, you know, I did some, like I said, some more research, decided that, you know, with an autoimmune disorder, that gluten was really something that I should be avoiding. I never went completely gluten-free, but I did do a lot to avoid it. And I, I definitely started feeling better, like less headaches, less brain fog, and feeling more like myself. But I still knew that I could do better. By the fall of 2018, I decided, well, maybe I should go to a nutritionist and see if they can guide me and help me to see if there's more I can do to help me feel better. I've always considered myself like a fairly healthy eater, and that's just because I had to through my my 20s and 30s to kind of maintain a healthy weight, I was always very aware of what I was eating. But she was helpful and kind of, you know, gave me some guidance and put me on some supplements like fish oil and multivitamins and vitamin D. And at one of my appointments, she 
brought up intermittent fasting and I was really curious Yay! about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm applauding a nutritionist bringing it up because, you know, there we hear from people who are like, my nutritionist is yeah. stuck in the old ways, but there are more and more who are exploring the benefits of fasting. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, she didn't give me a lot of information. Uh-huh. So basically, <laughs> and that's why I said it wasn't a direct journey to intermittent fasting. She didn't give me a lot of information. Basically, she said there's like this eating plan called 16 and 8. You fast for 16 hours and you eat for eight hours. And that was really all I got. Yeah. And so I tried it and I definitely maintained my weight doing it. I wasn't gaining anymore. So I was happy with that. But I was kind of like trapped with it. Like I just didn't really understand how much flexibility there was in the lifestyle. And, you know, I would have my window. It was like 10 to 6 or so. And I'd find myself at work really busy. I'm a nurse. Or I'd open my window at 10 and maybe have a little snack. And the rest of the day would fly by and I'd get home from work and the kids had to be somewhere. So in the eight-hour window, I wasn't always able to get the nutrients I needed. Right. So I, I didn't really do very well at it at that point. <laughs> well, if you thought, okay, it has to be eight hours and it has to be from 10 to six, yeah. I could see how that would really make you feel very rigid because you might need to eat at seven one night or maybe you don't want to eat till noon or, yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah. if you're like, it's got to be 10 to six, then yeah, that would take a lot of the. Exactly. So anyway, that was kind of 2018, 2019 kind of came and went. My weight kind of continued to creep up. And then, of course, the famous 2020 hit. Yeah. And I just love the idea of the year 2020. I thought it was going to be in my year again. Every time I set my expectations too high, then everything comes crashing down. <laughs> it's like, it's going to be fantastic. Oh, yeah. 2020. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. like literally had in my head, this is the year of clarity. I'm going to, you know, well, I, I've got well, this. you know, 2020 vision. It's all, you know, and. It was the year my book was coming out. Yeah. I, I was so excited. I was like, this is going to be amazing. And then wah, wah. Yeah, exactly. I set the bar high. Right. So 2020 hit. I'm a nurse and my husband's uh-huh. a pharmacist. Wow. So March 13th, we pulled our kids out of school and the world started shutting down around us. But we had to continue marching off to work every day, like going to the battlefields. And my kids are home and we were busy with work and all that came along with that uh, during a pandemic. Who did you find? Like, did you have someone to stay with them that, and a family member? Or did you have yeah. to hire somebody? That well, that was hard. It was crazy. At this point, they were 13, okay. 10, and in first grade. So luckily, my oldest was in eighth grade, and yeah. he was old enough to stay home. That's right. Yeah. And my parents live locally, so they've always been really good about helping with them. But I couldn't have them around my kids. I didn't know what was happening in the world and how dangerous. You're right. I forgot about that for a minute. But you're yeah. right. We didn't. Even family, especially older family members, we were like, oh, no, that we don't want you around. Yeah. Yeah. So we would, was... we would see them, but it would be outside from right. six feet apart. But Socially distanced. Yeah. Yeah. So they kind of ran their own show. There were a lot of well, days that's where awesome. yeah, they were home by themselves and doing remote learning. And and they stuck to it and they did it. They stuck to it as much as they could. You know, the eighth grader definitely struggled, but we, we did get through it. And when we were home, we were, you know, kept busy. We live in Hinesburg, Vermont, and we are lucky enough to have, you know, some land behind us and hiking trails. And we stayed really busy going on hikes every day and walks. But despite all that and not changing my diet with the stress of the pandemic and work, my weight just kind of continued to creep up. Stress does that. Definitely. My weight did a little creeping up during that time as well, because we were having more cocktails. I was baking more things. I got this new mixer. I mean, it was like, we're just going to soothe ourselves with whatever. So I think that was very normal. I had to actually pull my fasting app back out for a while. I was like, all right, this window creep has got to stop. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I, I was getting really, quite frankly, just frustrated. You know, despite all my efforts of staying active, I just couldn't shed a pound and basically found myself at the same weight as I was when I delivered my third baby. Wow. Do you want to say that number or is it a number I, you don't like? Yeah, no, it, it was, I don't like saying it, but I will. It was 215 pounds. But yeah. to give you some frame of reference, I, I don't know if I said this before, but I'm 5'9". You did, yeah. So I carry it fairly well. I looked very like sturdy, but I just didn't feel like myself. I just felt kind of like overstuffed, honestly. Like, I get it. Yeah. 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 I had that overstuffed feeling. But, you know, I just kind of came to this point of acceptance where I'm like, this is the body I guess I'm meant to have. I have a daughter. I can't be obsessed about my weight all the time. I can't be going back to some of those old things like I did. I did some Weight Watchers in the past. And I just didn't want to be obsessed with being on my phone and counting points and having containers and all of that. 
We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. You're sending a message to her every single day with how yeah. you're living. So I can totally see that. I mean, luckily for me, I'm glad that I had boys. I mean, I love my boys. I wouldn't trade them in for anything. But they were the 0% interested in what I was doing with dieting. And they just inherited those not having to worry about it genes. And if I had had girls, I hate to think of what I would have done to them over time with my craziness. And yes. so I, I totally understand any mom feeling like that. And of course, boys can get it too. So I'm not saying boys can, you know, get the message of disordered body image just as much as girls can. Well, maybe not just as much, but my boys did not. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I'm grateful for that. But I understand, you know, you want to teach acceptance and love your body to your daughter. Yes, exactly. So it was kind of at that point where I was at work one day and I walked into the break room at work and there were some of my coworkers talking about something food related, diet related. I didn't really know what it was, but it kind of like was kind of interested and I was really busy. So I had to leave and go back to my, my area. But the girl that was talking ended up, uh, we, we kind of connected on Facebook and I have the message right here that she oh, wrote wow. me. Yeah. And this is June 6th of 2020. And I have to just say this whole interaction I had in the break room, I just, I think of it as being like serendipity because yeah. it completely changed my life. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, don't buy anything for weight loss. I read the book, Delay, Don't Deny by Jen Stevens, and then The Obesity Code by Dr. Jason Fung. It changed my life. As a nurse, you'd be pretty interested to hear the why. Look up YouTube, The Calorie Deception by Jason Fung. Nothing to lose except the cost of two books. Only way I could lose and sustain weight. Happy to help you if you have any questions. I've been doing it a year and a half now. So that was her, her message to me. That was June 6th. And June 7th is basically like another birthday to me in my life. That's the day you started. 2020 is like a birthday. Well, this is, this will come out exactly two years and one month. I know. I know. (laughs) When you said that, I did realize that. Oh, good. Good. But yeah, I hit the ground running with it and ordered your books and started listening to your podcasts. And the first one I listened to, I, I'm very like methodical about things sometimes. The first one I listened to was Kim number Smith. One, number started one. At, no, I would have done the same thing. I would have started at number one and then number two. And I also carried that over to my son, Cal, because when, when he was in fourth grade, he read all the presidential biographies, but he read them in order. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I get it. <laughs> so yeah, I started at number one and she definitely like resonated with me. She worked in healthcare and she talked a lot about digestive rest and that term I still use to this day. And also she talked a lot about 
unbelievable freedom. And it wasn't long, probably a week into it, like I fully understood what she meant by unbelievable freedom. And that's exactly what this lifestyle has given me is the unbelievable freedom that Kim discusses in her episode of Delay Don't Deny. That makes me so happy. And I love episode one, come, you know, starting there and making people feel that message from the beginning, because that really is, you know, she came up with the wording unbelievable freedom, but that is exactly how it, how it feels. Yeah. You know, she captured that very, very yep. well. Yeah. And it, it's so different from anything before when you're having to like be so careful and you're holding on so tight and you can just release it. And it doesn't mean you, you just eat, eat, eat with no mindfulness, but you are able to develop the mindfulness. You have the freedom to have the mindfulness, actually. Yeah, exactly. And my expectations weren't that I was going to lose a great amount of weight, but I just kind of felt I had a sense of control all of a sudden and that I was headed in the right direction. So my first goal for myself really was like, let's get the scale moving in the right direction here. And if that means five pounds, 10 pounds, that's all I really cared about. But the weight, Jen, just like was falling off of me at the beginning. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I love hearing it, but then some people are like, wait, it didn't fall off of me, but... (laughs) But it's amazing when it does. When it does. Yeah. And I don't, you know, not everyone has that, but I don't know if it's because I had tried it before and like maybe my body had done some healing already during that time period, even though I wasn't successful the first time. Well, right before you were doing this, you weren't really doing anything. Right. Right. I think I I feel like that actually helps because you had been kind of like not really doing anything and your weight had slowly been creeping up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was always careful. Like what I wasn't, you know, I wasn't dieting per se. I wasn't doing Weight Watchers. I did do beach body a little bit when my youngest was probably like two or three or so, which, oh my gosh, I will never go back to that. The amount of money I spent on those crazy shakes. I didn't do their program, but I did a different one. And it was a lot. It was shakes and a cleanse day. Anyone who's ever done that one is like, yes, we know what that cleanse day is. It was this liquid and it was sweet and you're supposed to drink it. I'm like, that was like the worst thing you should be having. They should have just had you fast. Yeah, they did have some (laughs) cleanse days thrown in there. And yeah, they were just white knuckling it the whole entire time. You said the weight just started to fall off. How quickly were were you losing? So... The first 10 days, I lost about six pounds. Wow. By six months, I had lost 33 pounds. That's amazing. And by 10 months, I had lost 50. Wow. Yeah. And that's where I am right now is after 10 months, I did lose 50 pounds and I've kept it off since it's been a year now since I've kept it off. Love it. And I would say like, it's kind of, I have 10 more pounds that I, you know, maybe could lose, but I, I kind of hit a plateau and yeah. it doesn't bother me at all that I have a little bit more weight that I'd like to lose. It's kind of like my, my body's naturally here right now. And if it comes off in the next year or two, that's great. If not, then I look great and I feel great. See, that's the thing. And plateaus can be a place where you really have to reexamine what you want, Because we're all going to get to a plateau. And I'm at one, and I've been at it for years. (laughs) Seven, in fact. (laughs) You know, is it a plateau or is it your maintenance range is really the question you have to ask yourself. And here's how you know. See what happens over time. If it's a plateau, your body's just waiting, pausing, and then you'll start to lose more weight. But if it's your maintenance range... It just stays there. It just keeps staying there. And then you have to decide if you want to lose more, you're going to have to do something different. Yeah. And, you know, I definitely haven't been as like tight with my windows as I was when I was losing the weight initially. My windows are longer and that's fine. I'm trying to eat more meals, you know, with my family and that kind of stuff. So it's been fairly easy to maintain that 50 pound weight loss. You know, we just went on vacation in Arizona with my middle child and, I ate out two times a day. I skipped breakfast most days, but I came back weighing the same amount I did when I left. And we had lots of, it was his 13th birthday trip, actually. So he kind of called the shots for what we were doing. So it wasn't like we were eating at nice restaurants. We were eating at Chick-fil-A and (laughs) In-N-Out Burger. uh, Uh, We wanted that. Yeah. 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 So, (laughs) but my point being is that I was still able to, you know, keep a reasonable window and eat those foods and maintain my weight all at the same time. And, you know, there's a lot to be said for that. You know, I could lose 10 pounds and have a, I would never have a magazine ready body. So I'm trying to figure out how to describe it. But, you know, I could be like more, not as squishy in places or whatever, perhaps, but I don't want to live that lifestyle. 
I don't want to live the lifestyle that it would require for me to maintain 10 pounds less, for example, than I am right now. So I'm happy with the body that I've got and the shape that I am and the way that I get to live to stay this way. So that's really what maintenance is, is figuring out how do I want to enjoy my life at what size can I do that and still you want to feel good in your body. Perfection is not required. Right, exactly. And my, my body definitely is not perfect and that's fine. Yeah. Mine is definitely not. But, you know, if I'm fully clothed and covered, I'd... <laughs> That's a different, but if I'm in a bathing suit, you're like, oh yeah, she's Ripley. (laughs) I always say I don't care about the bathing suit. I just need a good cover up. (laughs) Oh yeah. Cover ups aren't the, (laughs) that is true. So you're feeling good. And what does your protocol look like now? Tell us like what you were doing, because people always like to know that when you lost the 50 pounds over the 10 months, what did your protocol look like then? And then we can transition into what it looks like now. Yeah. So at the beginning, I did start out kind of basic with that 16 and eight again, but it was just different that time. I understood it better, basically listening to my body and when I was hungry so that the hours would flex a little bit more. So I would do, I started 16 and eight, but I quickly like progressed to doing about 20 and four. And then I would throw in, you know, like a 36 hour fast every week to kind of speed things up and change things up. And that worked really well for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's not scary, right? People sometimes think, was it yeah. scary? It wasn't scary. No, I mean, prior to this, I'd be the last person that thought could fast at all, honestly. Right. You know, and the fact that I was able to do 36-hour fast was just completely mind-blowing. And that I felt so good doing them was like the great part. But there were definitely times when I tried to do those fasts and I just wasn't feeling it that wasn't particular day. It. Yeah, I just learned to to follow my body's cues. Like today I'm going to eat and it's not going to be a 36-hour fast. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, there's just sometimes where it worked and other times where I'm like, okay, this is different than hungry. I'm just not feeling my best today and I can't do this longer fast. So yeah, I, I did that for about eight to 10 months and the weight just came off. And now my fasts definitely vary from 16 and eight to 24 also, but I really play it day by day and what I have going on and what events the kids have. It's just so extremely flexible. I'm going to start doing those longer fasts again, because I think that will help kind of probably. Yeah. Yeah. But again, like I said, I'm not in a hurry and just kind of playing it, you know, by how I'm feeling. So what day do you like to do? Are you a mealless Monday person or is it just really any day you feel like? Mondays actually do work really well for me. My husband works late, so I don't, and I work that day too. So I don't typically have to have a, you know, a meal on the table at a certain time. I don't necessarily participate in all those mealless Monday things like on Facebook and stuff, but it is a day that works really well to not eat dinner and fast through till the next morning. So how old is your daughter? Nora is almost nine years old. Okay. She's the little one. She's my my youngest. Yeah. So does she notice that you're fasting and have you explained it to her? How do you talk about it with her? Because that's another thing that comes up. You know, we talked about daughters and not yep. wanting them to, to get messages of, you know, disordered eating. Of course, we know fasting is not disordered eating. So how have you communicated that to her? Yeah. So, you know, initially I didn't really say anything to anybody and was kind of just kind of able to try to make sure I was eating dinner because that's the most noticeable meal that we would have together as a family. But it definitely started coming out that I you know, wasn't eating as much as everybody else, three meals a day. So I just kind of explained to them that I have learned to listen to when my body is hungry. And sometimes that means me not eating breakfast. Sometimes that means me not eating dinner, but just that I'm having healthy foods when I am eating. And they kind of understand that now. Did you use the word fasting with them at all or just listening to your body? Not initially. I definitely use it now, but I didn't initially. You know, I just say that I wasn't hungry to eat, you know, with them or I I ate earlier or something like that is usually how I would make it so they didn't really know what was going on at first. (laughs) And then they see you not afraid of food. Yeah. I feel like... That is a a much better message to send is that you're not afraid of food. You're not micromanaging. You're just like, when you eat, you eat with, you know, joy, (laughs) gusto, joy. And so you're not modeling the, oh, I shouldn't be doing this or, you know, that whole guilt, good, bad kind of feeling. And 
Yeah. And I think I, I did a lot of that before. So the intermittent fasting is such a better way of living for me and in a way that my kids can see me eat. Cause I did so many years of avoiding food and we'd go out for ice cream and I wouldn't order my own. I'd have a look at my husband's and I'd, you know, get a burger and only eat half. Like I just don't do that anymore. I mean, you could eat half if you were full. I could. Well, exactly. It's totally up to you. Yeah, yeah. It, but I was, I was eating half because I knew, I, I literally knew I couldn't eat the whole burger. Or like when we had some bad ice cream recently, and I ate a bite of it, I'm like, this is gross. Yeah. I don't want any more of this ice cream. And that, you know, instead of like, I'm just going to eat one bite because it's bad. No. Instead, I'm like, I'm not going to eat any more of this because it's literally bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Different kind of bad, right? Yeah, yeah. So. And while I'm thinking of it, back to the, you know, skipping meals thing is, it's funny, and I've heard other people say this on the podcast, is that I never liked breakfast. Yeah. Never. Part of it, I think I didn't like a lot of the sweet breakfast foods like cereal or muffins. I like muffins, but I never wanted a muffin in the morning. Like I just think back to, you know, the issues that I had with my weight and stuff. And I'm like, geez, if I just really listened to my body back then and why I didn't want breakfast, like it would have been a lot easier for all these it's years. It's so true. <laughs> if, if we just, if we can teach that to our kids as well, you know, instead of forcing them, yeah. no, you have to eat that. It's breakfast time. And if they're like, I don't want to eat that, then say, all right. And that's one thing I do now is like, they don't have breakfast a lot of times before they go to school. Like I just don't push it on them. If they're hungry, they'll grab something. If not, you know, there's a lot of options at school now for, for food, you know, since the pandemic, they have they have breakfast foods available for the kids. And I just don't push an autumn. If they're hungry, they'll eat. Yeah, that's powerful. That was really freeing for me when our school started. Our school went to our, we live in Richmond County. And the whole county is a very low income overall county. A lot of the kids free were free and reduced lunch. And so apparently there's a threshold once you cross it then everyone just gets free lunch. Yeah. Because it's like cheaper to just give everyone free lunch than it is to manage who should get free lunch and breakfast. So when they went to that, I'm like, all right, boys, you are now on your own for breakfast. Eat it at school or not. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't know what they did, but they had the option. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So has your taste in food changed at all? I know you mentioned that you've always been a healthy eater, but it was kind of like you felt like you had to be. Yeah, I did. I did. My taste in food, I still, like I said, I'm a fairly, I eat healthy food most of the time. I'm not afraid of other kinds of foods too. As far as like, it's, it's interesting. It has changed in the fact that some things that I used to absolutely love don't taste the same to me anymore. The one example I'll give is I love junior mints and York peppermint patties. Oh, And I can pass those up anytime now. They just, they just don't taste right to me anymore. So that's the most significant one. My grandmother always had them. She was, I think, I would never have bought them, but she that just brought back that memory yeah. of being yeah. at my grandmother's, and she always had York peppermint patties around, and it was also the 70s, and they were, like, always advertised them, too. So, But that was the same with me with Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Mm-hmm. I used to love Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Like, I loved them. And even with intermittent fasting, I, they would go on sale. At, I would always go to Target, and they'd be on sale after Halloween, you know, the little pumpkin ones. And I would stock up because they were so cheap. And then I would keep them up in my closet so no one else could eat them. Yeah. And I would pull them out. And then all of a sudden, one year, I realized I hadn't been eating them. And then the next year when they went on sale, I walked by. And I'm like, oh, they're on sale. I'm like, I don't want those. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, what? You know, I still love peanut butter and I love chocolate. But I think a high-quality peanut butter cup would be a really different experience. Yeah, for sure. And I also like avoid some things like crackers. If I'm going to have a cracker now, I'd rather have one that's less processed. Right. So what kind of crackers do you love? I love that brand food should eat or food should taste good. Yes. I like yeah. that brand too. I love their tortilla chips. Their tortilla chips are really good. It's like a multi They have one. crackers though? I guess they're not crackers. I, okay. I use them as a cracker. I just got really excited. No. Yeah, I, no, I, I do too. I think I we're talking too. about the same exact I think ones so actually. Too. They have yeah. at Costco in a big bag. I love them. Yes, yeah. I buy those. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And they're full of so many different grains. Yep. Although I really do love the sweet potato ones too, but they're just a little bit harder I to find. Those. Oh yeah. You have oh, to try the I'll have to look ones. for them. Yeah. yeah, but they are very good. And, and they have, I get the organic ones when I can find them. Mm-hmm. They often have those at our Costco, but yeah, they're really good. Yeah. So those are kind of like my go-to, like if I'm going to have a snack or something, I, I love to have those with some cheddar cheese. And Oh, I, I don't think I've used them really as a cracker like that with cheese. I'm going to have to try it. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's, it's a favorite. <laughs> I will dip them in all sorts of things, but I'm using them like a tortilla chip instead of like cheese on there. Yeah, oh, no, I use them as a cra- to try. Use them as a cracker. <laughs> Might need to go to Costco today. It's been a while. I'm going to be going there afterwards, actually. <laughs> it's such a great place. It is. I'm sad for anyone who doesn't have a Costco. I mean, we don't have a lot of things in Augusta. We don't have, you know, Whole Foods anymore. We don't have a Trader Joe's. But we have Costco. Yes, so do we. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what else? Any other things that your taste in food have changed for? Not really. But, you know, I I just like having healthy foods, like a good salad if I can every day. Not always the best about having all that in my house all the time, but you know, that's like always a good go-to meal for me, especially for like a a lunch. We are doing those meal boxes now too, occasionally, which is really helpful to getting a a good meal on the table. It really is. Which ones are you loving? We do the HelloFresh. Yep. Yeah. HelloFresh is very family friendly. We've done that one before. And they're actually, Green Chef sponsors this podcast, but they're owned by the same company. Yeah. The first one we did was Every Plate. It was just, I think one of our neighbors gave us a coupon and and those are good too. They're very family friendly. I find them a little bit on the salty side. So yeah. A little more processed, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but yeah, yeah HelloFresh is a great, great option for families. So anyone who's thinking about trying them, of course, I, we love Green Chef. I like the organic part of it. It's a little more pricey for people who, you know, if you're, especially if you have a whole family to feed. But HelloFresh is a really good option. And as I said, it's the same company as Green Chef. And the meals, the kids would eat them, right? Yeah. My kids eat them most of the time. You know, we have a family of five. So it's always hard to do order four meals, do order six. Do y'all do meals for four? We do. Yeah. Usually if we have something else with it or not, sometimes someone isn't, isn't into that particular meal, there's always enough for to feed who is eating that night is kind of how we find. And we often stretch them. I mean, not like we're trying to stretch them, but like sometimes before Will moved back home. So now we're definitely yeah. doing meals for four. But when Will was not living at home, we were doing meals for two. But sometimes he'd be like, I want to come over for dinner. And I would have a meal for two. And I would just throw some rice with it. Or, yeah. you know, easy, easy. Yeah. You know, bulk it up. Now you've got rice. And now your meal for two feeds three. Yeah, exactly. So especially if, you, you know, if they're kids. And Will doesn't eat a ton. Neither does Chad. So <laughs> we can stretch them. Like last night's meal. It was a Green Chef meal, and it was supposed to be a meal for four, and we had three servings, and then there were two left over. So that meal for four is going to feed five. They'll eat it for lunch or something. But the meal kits, it's just life-changing, isn't it, to have that ready to go. Yeah, and to learn how to do some new techniques in the kitchen is is really fun. And This is not a commercial for them, but <laughs> I don't even know if they're going to be sponsoring this episode or not. But it just really has been, to me, I've said it before, intermittent fasting changed my life the most. Meal kits changed it the second most. Yeah, yeah. Which might sound bizarre, but it's true. Sometimes people worry about the um, sustainability of them. But I've read some analyses. They've done some studies. It's actually less of a carbon footprint than the grocery store. Yeah. And less waste. Yeah, I've heard that. But I like I do look at some of the like the packaging and I'm like, uh, but I think you'll have that with whatever route you do right well, now. Well, you just you don't see the the difference is you're seeing it. Versus yeah, that's, with the grocery store, yes. you don't see it. So you're like, Oh look, I'm just picking up this tomato, no packaging. But you didn't see all the packaging and the that's the part that actually did a study about yeah. that showing. Oh, it. that's very so true. It's invisible versus now you're seeing it. Right, exactly. So it has the perception of being worse. Anyway, that's the way I look at it. (laughs) And we're not wasting food. For me, I wasted so much food before. Yeah, there is no food waste at all. Everything is used. There's no wasted vegetables. It's just everything goes right in the plate. So everyone's eating it. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're trying things you didn't try before. So what, what are some things you've tried that your family has liked that you wouldn't have tried before? Nothing I would say that's like new, but just kind of the methods, like all those cremas for the Mexican foods were really into those. I guess doing more roasted vegetables in the oven. We crack up about some of the the chopping that goes into making the meals, and uh, but we we get through it. Sometimes I I do it earlier in the day, so it doesn't seem like such a a job, you know, around dinner time. But just kind of trying some new techniques has been fun. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It has for me. It really opened my eyes to foods because I got in such a food rut. We ate a lot of baked spaghetti. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, well, good. I'm glad you're enjoying that. So I know that you heard about intermittent fasting from a coworker, and you're here talking about it with us today. But in your your regular life, do you share intermittent fasting with others? Initially, I didn't until people kind of started noticing, and that didn't really take that long, honestly. But I do share about intermittent fasting if people ask. I also 
see a lot of people posting like on Facebook and stuff about how they're feeling and usually end up messaging them saying that I probably have some answers that might help them. So I do love sharing about it. And it's funny, I do have a friend in Heinsberg, Nancy, who we connected through your Facebook group that you had. Oh, I love that. You can tell who, you know, who's on it and stuff. And she's been a huge cheerleader for me through all of this and uses intermittent fasting for completely different reasons than me. She didn't need to lose weight, but she does it to feel good. And it's just so fun to have those kind of connections with people. Absolutely. But you didn't know her prior to being in no, the group. No, I did know her. Oh, you but, did know but her. But we were kind of both like a little bit more like closet intermittent fasters, you know, and but connected connected more through the Facebook Okay, group. that now, makes sense. Yeah. Did it like she popped up there and you were surprised? You're like, hey, I know yeah. you. Yeah. Well, like, you oh, know? like, I didn't know you fasted. <laughs> right. That happened to me. I remember it was early days of my fasting and I did tell people I was doing it. I did tell them. So I didn't hide it. But I was in, I remember I was in a, a group, I think it was Bert Herring's Fast Five group on Facebook. I was in that group. I, it was way before I had done any groups of my own. And I was very open and, and shared a lot of personal things. It was a closed group. Then all of a sudden, people that I knew started joining it. And I'm like, they're going to see what I'm posting. Yeah, yeah. And it, it gave me a... Can I continue to be as open as on- and honest now that I know my friend is reading this or somebody that I know is reading this? Yeah. And that gave me a little bit of a jolt. Yeah, it, it does for sure. And you see what I decided to do. I decided yeah. to just be an open book. I'm <laughs> you, like, all right, whatever. <laughs> you are an open book. And I thank you for that because, you know, you're, you've changed my life so much by being an open book. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, I, I just appreciate it so, so much because I it was don't that know moment. where I'd be. Yeah, it was in that Facebook group when I had that of, can I share openly with people that I know seeing it? And I decided, yes, I can. Yeah. <laughs> I really think that was the pivotal moment for me. So thank you all the friends that came along with me. And and I just had to lose that fear of because it, you know, they had watched me struggle. It wasn't hidden that I was obese. They could see it. Yeah. You know, even though yeah. I tried to post fat platter, you know, flattering photos, there's no flattering photo when you're obese and 210 pounds on a 5'5 body. There's lots of hiding behind people in photos. I in the back. did that. <laughs> yeah. Put a child in yep. front of you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all, we've all been there. Yeah. But back to Nancy, it's just been so fun to have her as a support person. We text each other, you know, a couple of times a week about fasting and we use each other to push each other. If we're doing a longer fast, sometimes we'll do it together, send each other words of encouragement. And it's just been awesome to have her. It does. It really helps to have, you know, kind of that accountability partner who gets it, who knows what yeah. you're or you're struggling with. We've got a, a message chat. It's me and Roxy and Sherry. And we will, you know, we post, we talk to each other. It's a little messenger chat. We talk about everything. But, it, you know, we even have, you know, challenges. The three of us. Even now, I'm sure all yeah. these years in, you're still, you know, and then we'll talk about it. And it's nice to have someone to be really totally open with and honest with. Yeah. And just, you know, to cheer each other on. So everybody listening, don't be afraid to tell your friends because then you could have a Nancy. Yes, exactly. I don't know. It's so much easier to have people supporting you. And, you know, I think that's what I was lacking that first time too, is I didn't have a support system when I tried fasting initially when the nutritionist recommended it to me. Now I have her and a couple other friends. Absolutely. That's true for me as well. Those years from 2009 to 2014, those were the years that I didn't I didn't have support. I mean, I don't know about – I'm trying to think about – I'm sure there were Facebook groups. Maybe there weren't. I don't even know. But 2014 was the year that I started joining Facebook groups for things, and mm-hmm. that made a lot of difference. Yeah, it does. Having, having that support. Now, is there anything that you struggle with? I would say – you know, sometimes our, our meal times aren't always on the same schedule and we have I have kids coming through the door at different times and I'm, you know, helping them with getting something into their bodies. So I'm cooking and I might have ended my fast already for the day and just being in the kitchen constantly for a few hours, getting dinner on the table for the kids can be hard sometimes. I think I did a lot better with it initially. I think it's more of a struggle now than it was when I was, you know, actively losing the weight. But that's probably my my biggest struggle, I would say. Do you find that you'll reopen your window because, or, or, or it's just hard not to? Sometimes I'll reopen it, but I mean, most of the time I'm pretty good about if it's closed, it's closed. Or if it's sometimes it's still open, and I'll just find myself like you know 
testing things because I'm making the macaroni and cheese where I wouldn't, I don't need that bite and I sometimes have it. So, but my window's open, but I don't really need the, I don't need those bites. So that can be kind of hard sometimes. But other than that, like it really has been just, just a really peaceful way of living for me. I love that. Yeah. Unbelievable freedom, like Kim said, right? Yeah, it is. It is. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now... New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. So how about, let's talk about your health circle back. You talked about Hashimoto's and not feeling your best. And what positive health benefits have you seen as a result of intermittent fasting? Oh, there's so many. I'm sleeping better, you know, before I was diagnosed. Like I was tired, but I just wasn't sleeping. It just didn't make sense, but uh, my body was just kind of in havoc. <laughs> my GI system is a lot better. I've always had what I consider like hyperactive GI system. Oh, yeah, I, I get that. We hear that from people. Yeah, and <laughs> like... It, it was pretty immediate when I started fasting that it just kind of calmed down and is kind of more normalized. My skin is great. I remember when I first started fasting, I had this like crack on my foot that I couldn't get to go away, even with like lotions and stuff. And literally within the first two weeks, it was gone. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. we hear these things, you know, and your cracks on your heel will go away. I mean, I used to have rough elbows and yeah. I no longer do. I mean, stuff like that. And like my heels, I mean, my heels are not perfect, but... No yeah. cracks. Yeah, and definitely like less dry skin in the winter, I would even say. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. For me yeah. too. There's just so much, but the fact that I'm like sleeping better, I just, I'm so grateful for that because it was just so frustrating, you know, being tired and not getting a good night's sleep and waking up tired and blaming everything on being a tired, you know, tired mom. But right. there was so much more going going on and fasting really has kind of put me on the right track. Good. Well, I won't tell you about menopause. Yeah. You can learn that later. <laughs> you know, but the thing is, I feel so lucky that I found this before hitting menopause. I think oh, I a hundred percent. Yeah. I have the tools now that I think I'm going to be okay with it. The only struggle menopause has given me has been sleep. Oh, <laughs> I was sleeping great. That's why I was like, I'm not going to tell you about menopause. And then yeah. I did because yeah. I was a liar there. But I slept so great with intermittent fasting early in the early days. So yeah, except for the extended fast, then you don't sleep very well. Yeah, that's right. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a whole right. other. Long, that's a whole When other I story. eat every day, if I eat every day, I can sleep, but or I could, but menopause has changed that. So I'm glad you're sleeping really well now, and maybe you'll go through menopause and not have the sleep the sleep issues. I'll, my mother, I was talking to her at Christmas and about sleeping, and and she's like, "Yeah, I wake up at four thirty, and I just get up. I'm like, oh my god, is that my future?" <laughs> But no. maybe it is. You just kind of come to terms with it. But my mother wakes up, apparently, she, you know, she lives in Virginia. She wakes up every day at 4.30 and just oh. gets on up. Yeah, that like, sounds okay. miserable. <laughs> well, uh, she didn't sound, like, upset about it. Yeah, so. she, she was good with it, huh? That might be me. Um, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they did say they're, have you heard they're thinking about changing the time change so that we don't do the time change anymore? How do you feel about that? Uh, I mean, 
I've always done okay with the time change. My biggest worries are things like the school bus in Vermont, like getting these little, these little kids in the, on the school bus in the dark. Like, I just don't know how that I would work. I think they'd have to shift maybe uh, the elementary school. Like, I've worked in some systems where elementary goes first and then high school is later, and then they shift it. But whatever, I don't know. Although elementary, if you look at it developmentally, elementary should start first because high school kids need to sleep later. Their circadian rhythm changes throughout adolescence. But I actually am kind of excited. This is just me being very selfish. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I know that my my wishes are not going to make or break what happens. But the time change they're talking about having it go to is the one that works best for my body. Because, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, instead of it being 4.30, it's 5.30 and it doesn't yeah. sound, sound as yeah. late. I mean, it's yeah. early. So anyway, we'll see. I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. Well, time will time will tell. Time will tell. So, is there anything that you wanted to talk about that we haven't covered yet specifically? Like any like non-scale victories? I know you talked about some of the health victories. Anything else? Non-scale victories. I kind of I think I said kind of what the health victories. Yeah, it was like the health victories kind of running together. They do. They really do. It's feeling good every day is basically. I just think back to when I wasn't feeling good, I know there are some times where I'd be driving to work and I'm like, ah, oh, I just don't see how I can function like this today. And I just, you know, that was in my, my late thirties, early forties, and now I'm almost 45 and I wake up every day pretty much feeling, feeling awesome. Yeah, that's, that's so true. I have like intermittent fasting to thank for that. You know, there's some saying, and it's not a very complimentary saying, and I don't really like it. So I'm, I'm going to say it anyway, though. It's like it's about women that were like, fat, frazzled, and 40 or something. Have you ever heard that <laughs> saying before? That that's just what you expect. Yeah. yeah. You know, to me, I think that's horrible. I don't like it at all. But like, I think it, I might have heard it through the context of like thyroid. Like, well, you're getting older. You're in your 40s now. You can expect to be fat, frazzled, and 40. <laughs> that's just common. And I just think it's time for us as women to not accept that that is what aging has to be like. Yeah, I agree 100% with that. And, you know, like try to figure out why you're feeling the way that you are. You have to do some some exploring and reading and talking and find the answers. And you're, you're not going to get those answers from your doctor. Like you have to dig. You might if you're really lucky. If you're really you know, lucky, you there might. Are some, yeah. There's some really, do- really amazing there are. It's true. who are on the cutting edge of looking at the root cause. And so that's, that's what I would look for. You know, if you're going to more of like a, a DO instead of an MD, and people might think that sounds wacky. Like Dio, what's that? That's weird. But they're just as trained as MD. They take medical boards. They go to the you know, medical schools. There, it's not something weird. But they tend to, you know, be more open to looking for the root cause of why you're not feeling your best instead of saying that's just what it's like to be forty. Yeah, and that's a good point. And I had started getting names of doctors like that, the naturopaths and stuff. But I was kind of avoiding it because our insurance wasn't the best. And I know they do a lot of digging with labs and stuff. And I just didn't want to go down that route of spending tons and tons of money on on labs. Like I was really cautious about that. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a valid point because some of these things you have to do out of your own pocket. There are companies now, and I can never remember the name of them, that do allow you to be a little bit more of your own detective. Like Sherry is shared. She's gotten her fasted insulin level checked through a company. It's like 50 bucks. They'll order the fasted insulin test for you. Yeah. You just can go get it. So, but then you're not, you're kind of on your own. So you really want a trusted partner. Yeah, for sure. For you being in the medical field, though, you probably have a lot. Well, I mean, not probably. You have a lot more knowledge than just the average lay person. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Or a lot. A a ton more. A ton more. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. So are any of your family members fasting? Not really. My husband's supportive, but he's not fasting. He eats breakfast first thing in the morning and, you know, will eat dinner at night. Has lunch in between. But, you know, it works for him. He, He... keeps a consistent weight a lot easier than than I was and it works for him so he doesn't have to worry about it too much. But I do talk to him about it and you know so kind of suggest sometimes if he's not feeling great in the morning like I'm like maybe you should just try skipping breakfast and maybe it'll has help he you. ever tried it? Has he ever done it like one day at all? No, okay. he hasn't. He hasn't. But like I said, well, he, is, he is supportive of me. I know you've yeah. heard me talk about Chad and he never needed to lose any weight, but when he started skipping breakfast and trying it, he couldn't believe the change in how he felt. Yeah. So that yeah. was the motivator to keep doing it. Yeah. I have to laugh when I was uh, on vacation in Arizona last month. You know, they have those free breakfasts and 
I just could not believe the breakfast crowd down there every morning. I was like, man, these people, they... (laughs) (laughs) These frequent eaters, what are they doing? What are they doing? And I'd sit there with my black coffee and I would just look around and be like, oh man, they need... They need to know about intermittent fasting here in Arizona. Like, what's going on? I just on? don't feel my best when I eat that early anymore. I was at an event. I think I've talked about it on the podcast, but I don't think that episode has aired yet. But I was in an event in Greenwood in either January or February. I can't remember. And I was at a hotel, and it had a free breakfast. Okay. So, but it was a hotel that had, like, a really good free breakfast. And it was included in the room, and it was, like, you know, made to order Southern foods and I'm like I am going to eat that breakfast yeah (laughs) so I was telling the lady at the front desk I was like I'm here to talk to a group about intermittent fasting then she was telling me about the breakfast I'm like I might just eat that tomorrow she's like oh are you having a cheat day (laughs) I'm like no it's not a cheat day I'm just opening my window earlier so I did I opened my window early with that free breakfast it was amazing (laughs) and I loved the experience of eating it and then driving home it felt like I had rocks in my stomach yeah I was like what yeah. So I was like, that really, you know, the experience of tasting that food was not worth the way I feel right now. So am I glad I did it? Sure, because it really reinforced that I do not need free breakfast. Yeah. Even if it's good. Yeah. I did have it one day. I shifted my window and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. I don't need to do this again. Did it? Were you glad that you did it that day? No, no, I wasn't glad I did it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where the power comes in. Because, you know... When she asked if I was going to have a cheat day, and I'm like, no, it's not cheating. I can open with the breakfast, but then I can also suffer the consequences for the rest of the morning and the afternoon. And then I was like hungry all the time, and I'm like eating all the time, and I'm like, no, I don't. This is not what I w- want to live. So you realize you're not missing anything, I guess. Yeah. Instead yeah. of looking wistfully at the other people eating their breakfast, you're like, oh, thank God, I don't have to eat breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting? Or what do you wish you knew when you first started? I would just say, like, don't be concrete like I was the first time I tried it. Be flexible in your time and just listen to your body and when you're hungry. And trust the process in the quietness of the fast. Listen to your body and learn the difference between hunger you know, the hunger that comes when it's saying my body doesn't feel good. You just have to listen and, and know the difference. Also, I would just say that our bodies are all built so differently and what works for one person might not necessarily work for another. I can say that fasting probably will work for most people, but you have to figure out the kind of fasting that works best for you because that's what can be hard sometimes when people ask me, like, what's your schedule? It's like, my schedule is what works for me. Like, it's not going to be what works for you. Um, And also just learn to like shake things up. Like, Every day is different and change your windows, but just, just have like a soft heart for yourself and, you know, it will work if you just give it a chance. Yeah. And also define working maybe differently than how many pounds am I losing on the scale? That's so true. You know, there's a lot of healing that goes on with intermittent fasting and sometimes the healing comes before the weight loss. And that wasn't the case for me when I found intermittent fasting the second time, but you know, people just need to be patient with themselves. And it breaks my heart when someone will say something like, well, intermittent fasting doesn't work for everybody. I'm like, it actually does work powerfully for everybody who does it. It just might not give you the weight loss Mm -hmm. speed that you want, or you might not lose the weight without also tweaking some other things or changing some things up. So, but the whole definition of it working is what we, that's one of the messages I really want to get across. And, you know, you've heard me say it's the health plan with the side effect of weight loss, but It's just such a healthy way to live that even if it isn't, quote, working, it is working. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Well, Jamie, I have so enjoyed talking to you today, and thank you for coming on and sharing your story. Thank you so much, Jen. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com, and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on.
Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. I'm Shimon Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense thing you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost. But now I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully no one will die on station night. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.